Welcome to Scholarship Provider Coffee Talks, a podcast for funders to listen and learn from their peers. This is the third episode where we are exploring how COVID-19 has affected the scholarship process in North America. This discussion comes from a webinar that was recorded on April 22nd. The topics covered were new ways to celebrate award recipients, what we are learning about universities and their timeline for fall semesters, and just some general advice and ideas that might be helpful for scholarship providers to hear. All right, let's join the conversation. The first voice we are going to hear is Elise Brayton, who moderated the discussion, followed by Sarah Ford from the Potosky Harbor Springs Area Community Foundation. Let's go ahead and jump into our topic for today. So today we're talking about um, kind of the care side of scholarships, and some people do more of this than others. So we want to draw out things that you have done in the past and things you are looking to do in the future, and there's going to be a lot of places where those things intersect depending on what your normal status quo is. So right now, one of the main concerns that I um, am reading about as I look at scholarships and the whole scholarship industry is you know, how are our 2020 grads going to be affected by all of this stuff that is going on in their world? Um, There's, you know, concerns about graduations not happening or not happening in the normal way, trips being canceled, um, students not being able to take their SATs, universities are pivoting all over the country. And now, um, something that we knew to be an effect on students, which is summer melt, the idea that, you know, over between the end of the senior year and the beginning of their first year in college, students who had everything in place drop off. They were accepted to a college, they got scholarships, and then they never show up for the first day of class for whatever reason. There's all sorts of reasons that we can um, point to that that can be difficult for students. A lot of it has to do with them just not understanding the higher education system. Many scholarships, and I'm sure many of you, did some summer melt work in the past. And now we're anticipating seeing basically summer melt on steroids. So I want to open this conversation up. And I want to hear from you if uh, kind of two things to start off with. I want you to raise your hand if you have ever done summer melt work with your scholars in the past. So you have taken action to help them make that transition from high school to college. You consider that part of your work as a scholarship provider. So that's one thing that I want to I want you to raise your hand if that's you. Um, if you are considering that work this year and you have never done it before, I also want you to raise your hand because we want to hear from you and hear about your thoughts and what you might be doing. Um, and I'm going to throw in a third group here. If this is the first time that that idea has been kind of like put in front of you as maybe something you might want to do, um, I would love for you to raise your hand um, because one, we want to hear that, and also. A there's probably a lot of questions associated with kind of the quick little blurb that I just gave. So we want to hear those questions as well. Um, yes. So I just chatted into the um, chat box that we, we don't, we don't do anything around summer melt. That was, this is the first I've actually heard that phrase. 
So thank you for introducing it to me. But what we more often than students not claiming scholarships for the fall, what we more often see, and for some reason last year was a big year for this, is students um, returning or schools returning a partial a partial scholarship for students who left after the first term. So they get there in the fall and then figure out, well, this isn't what I expected or whatever happens, and then they leave school after just doing one term. So that's what our experience has been more frequently. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that is something that happens a lot. In, in my experience, I've worked a lot with um, first-generation college students. And that is something that you see, like the numbers are much higher for first generation college students. So if that is something that you are looking at in your scoring or you are prioritizing for in any way in your funding, um, without additional support in place, those scholarships can, um, you can see exactly what you're seeing now. Either they, they don't make it to their first term in college or they get there and then they just feel overwhelmed um, or for whatever reason feel like they need to to go back home, um, particularly yeah, if they've from a, left home. And we're from a rural area, so I think that plays a part in it as well. Students go to these big universities and can be overwhelming for them, even if they're not first generation. So, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a very, very true statement. Um, and there's so much work um, in college access circles around these and, and supports that can be provided. And there's a lot of support providers out there, but um, they can be hard for students to identify and hard for students to find. So sometimes it's the role of the funder to be that support, and sometimes it's the role of the funder to just help them identify what those supports might be. Um, this really connects to uh, a blog that I wrote uh, a while ago that was just a passion of mine, which is what can we do aside from funding? Be more than just dollars for your students, but be that piece of their safety net. Um, so yeah, I identifying those things can be really great. Do we have another question or, or comment coming in? Hi, I'm Lindy Gebhardt. I'm with the Community Foundation of Southern Wisconsin. Um, I have never heard of this summer melt either, and I'm sorry I didn't when you unmuted me. I'm also the county coroner, and my phone rang, so I had to catch my oh. phone quick. <laughs> I wear different hats. I've been with <laughs> no problem for 18 years. I'm director of donor services, but I also work. We're a small, you know, 11 11 staff, so we all work pretty closely together. Um, and scholarships have been such a different. Um, had such a different take this year we're going to be doing little video clips of some of our awards and putting because we can't have awards night but um, we do tend to lose a lot of kids like I said I've never heard of the summer melt but we really try to contact parents or contact the kids or but we really were a in our area we're a big school but it's a small school there's about 200 in the class and probably about half of those mm -hmm. kids are going on to school but it's really hard sometimes to catch up with them we do end up trying to make sure we see everybody get something because we administer just for the school the town is 10,000 people but for the school we administer like 3.6 million dollars in scholarships which is a lot for this small school wow and absolutely just, yeah just about everybody 
Yeah, every just about everybody gets something that applies. So we do have quite a few that, but we can't just hands on follow everybody. But we give them plenty of time, and you know, like a year or two, then we end up we've got another fifteen, eighteen thousand to return back to funds because they weren't claimed. And but with us, we feel a lot of it is the importance of getting that award and being recognized you're getting a scholarship because some of these kids and we know some of the kids will probably never go on to school but mm -hmm. but i think it's important to be recognized anyway but we just we don't have the staff and time to really follow everybody yeah yeah and it, it is time consuming exactly definitely so my name is Anne marie white i'm with the horatio alger association and we're a nationwide um, scholarship provider. We do national and state scholarships. And one of the things we really wanted to do, um, unfortunately, we had to cancel our meeting where we would normally bring all our national scholars together. Um, we're trying to see if we can reschedule that at this point. But if we can't, we're looking at um, ways of de delivering the content that we would normally deliver during our conference uh, via webinars. And one of the things we're looking at specifically for all our national and state scholars is a college readiness type of program. And we're looking at trying to partner with uh, Franklin Covey um, to kind of get that off the ground. And having our alumni uh, scholars really act as facilitators because we're talking about our class of 2020 will be close to 1,000 scholars. So um, having... Wow. Yeah, having uh, alumni facilitate smaller groups within this content delivery would be probably the way that we would be going about that. Absolutely, and and I I think that's fantastic. I love the the partnerships that you're making, and I love that idea of past scholars facilitating and and being able to give back a little bit. That could potentially be something that any funder could start to do, whether it's making a Facebook group or I know I don't know that high schoolers are on college students are on Facebook anymore but a social media group maybe it's a LinkedIn group um, you know trying to push them towards that professional life where your past uh, scholarship students can communicate with your new awardees um, it's some work in creating it and in getting everybody invited but then it's just a space where people can connect and um, you know, support one another and right now, I so I'm still fairly um, connected within scholarships, and I've seen a lot of students who receive scholarships in the past feel really bad for this graduating class, who's getting so much of the things that they really look forward to taken away from them. Um, at least that's how it feels. Like their their graduation ceremony is being taken away, or their prom, or whatever it might be. So they're really, you know seeing that they can do some good in reaching back. So definitely something that is, it's worth exploring. It's worth sending out an email and seeing what response you get. Um, but I, I absolutely love that. So um, Anne-Marie, just uh, some follow-up questions. Um, sure. So you were already bringing your students together to kind of help them through this transition from high school to college. Um, and that's something that sounds like you've done for a while in that convening. What were the types of things that you talked about with students at those convenings? Sure. Um, some of it is about college readiness. Some of it is about how to break down the financial aid letter, what that looks like. 
um, how you best manage. So, for example, they they get a scholarship, but then they request disbursements over their four to five years, however long it takes them. And so how to best manage their financial aid letter. Um, also looking at entrepreneurship, that's one of the big pushes um, from our association is taking making um, students being aware of the free enterprise system. So um, things about that, we do things uh, dealing with etiquette. We have a specific etiquette dinner um, because the students would be interacting with the members at this particular meeting. Um, so kind of, you know, how to just kind of do things, how do you interact with people in um, yeah. that kind of manner. So, you know, mm -hmm. just, just um, different things along those lines and, you know, things to get ready for. Um, we, one of the big things we talk about with our association is the W curve. Um, so about that mid-October when students have had their first exams and everything else, they kind of tend to plummet. So making sure that they're aware of that, they're aware of how to reach out for resources, mental health, um, those are the kind of things. Um, our, our association primarily deals with um, low income, uh, low socioeconomic uh, factors, and also students who have adversity in their background. Um, so our national scholars, particularly the 106 of them, uh, that would be coming to DC for that particular conference, you know, those are the kind of things we really um, try to prepare them as best we can for um, and let them know that there is a network of alumni and scholars that are out there to kind of help them through the process. That's great. And it's wonderful that you've created that network. And uh, that's something that you can, it's there ready for you to tap into right now. And it's most, most helpful for students. Um, for those of you who have not, don't have that pre-created network to tap into, sometimes students just knowing that you are there for them and, and that you care that, you know, these things have been disrupted in their life is itself just very comforting. So you might not have that full network to tap into, but there might be some things that you could do to um, to continue to kind of support those students. So let's move on and talk a little bit about um, anything that you are going to be doing, whether it's new or pre-established, to celebrate, celebrate your award recipients this year. I know that many of you did um, you know, banquets or donor dinners or things like that that maybe now are not um, not something that can happen this year. Um, so is it changing? Is there something else that can happen instead? Are you supporting your local high school through grant funding? I'm kind of on the opposite side uh, to help make these things, uh, you know, maybe graduation or prom a little bit easier for students to miss. So I'd love to hear what you're doing, what your plans are. Um, and also, if you just don't really know, uh, that's okay. Hi, I'm calling from the Quad Cities Community Foundation, and we are located um, right on the Mississippi River, directly west of Chicago on the border of Iowa and Illinois. So we're right in the Midwest. And um, we typically do a scholarship reception for our recipients and their families and our donor representatives. And we have had to cancel that this year. And so I have worked with our um, director of donor relations to come up with kind of a virtual alternative. And she researched a platform called Thank View, 
and it's a way of recording video messages and having them emailed directly um, to someone and it actually looks like a little card like you're opening up an envelope and you yeah. click on that and then um, we're going to ask the students to record like a thank you message um, so and hope we're going to try i don't know how successful we'll be um, to have some of our donor reps do the same so that they can communicate back with the students. Um, we also know that not all of our donor reps are um, very tech savvy, nor are they on email. So mm -hmm. we're also going to collect kind of more substantial thank you letters and more pictures so we can also print and mail out um, information about the students to them. So that's, that's how great. we're really serving as that communication conduit between donors and students. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so, also, um, we're, yeah. so I'm in the process of editing our follow-up forms and SLM to collect mm -hmm. this information for like that we will then, um, you know, use for the packets. Like I've added a lot more picture upload links and I've given them more direction on writing thank you letters in terms of kind of what information the donors might want to hear. And then I'm letting them know that they're going to get an email from this platform um, with instructions on how to record the video. And Elizabeth, the name of the platform is called ThankView. That's great, Lisa. And what about, um, so that really speaks to kind of making sure that your donors are getting that feedback loop that they are, are used to. Yeah. Um, anything like, do you normally print certificates or do anything like that for students and, and to give them uh, like a recognition? I know you're already giving them dollars, which is right. a huge deal, yeah. but is there anything in addition that you do to that? Yeah. Yes. We do typically print certificates that we hand out at the reception. Um, you know, honestly, I had not thought about continuing that, you know, I'm going to talk to Jocelyn about that and we could you know, we probably could easily print them and, um, you know, mail them to the students as well. Yeah, so thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Falling absolutely. off our radar <laughs> among all of the other, yeah. you know, contingency planning we were doing, so. Oh, and I think that that is just kind of where we're all at. Like, there's so much more new work to be done right now that's never sure. been done before. And so it's, uh, you know, trying to remember that that one piece of you know these students that are in a very weird place hi i'm from the battle creek community foundation in southern michigan and so we've started some of these a few years back just because our receptions got too large over 700 people so we do a few things That's that you've huge. already mentioned yeah <laughs> and as then our scholarships <laughs> continue to grow we just didn't know how we would handle it so we do create certificates for all the students and we will send them in the mail to them this year. We also do um, a publication in our local, they call it a shopper, it's something that goes to every home in the county. So it's quite a large pullout that we'll do with all of our, a picture of all of our recipients and the scholarships they were awarded. So that'll come out later this summer. But the one thing that's kind of fun that we did, we started a couple years ago is we created yard signs for every student that gets a scholarship, they get a, ours, our bright orange, and it says that I am a Battle Creek Community Foundation scholarship recipient to put out in their front lawn. 
and it truly is. I absolutely love that. It's really (laughs) kind of cool to drive through town and different places and see them pop up all over the place. Actually, one of our affiliates is doing the same thing because they can't do um, a reception this year either. So there'll be bright blue ones in that village that's got all the, so that's kind of fun. So I absolutely love that. It's the uh, slightly grown-up version of um, the "My Child is a Superstar at Whatever" elementary school that you right, right. get when you're, you know, eight years old. That's fantastic. I love that. So that's what we do. I think that's great, and I think people are sounding off in some of the comments here also that that is so cool, and they really love that idea. Um, just something to make students feel good about where they're at and all that they've achieved. I think we're going to have a lot of students who did really well in high school who find themselves uh, starting to feel really down about themselves over the next couple of months as everything changes for them. So that's such a great reminder that they will see every time that they are looking out their front window or, or, you know, taking a walk that reminds them that, yeah, we, we as a community believe in you. So that's awesome. Any other comments that we have coming in? Um, anything that you've just thought about doing? This is a great place to explore ideas. And maybe you haven't made it happen yet, but you're, you're thinking about it. Hi, this is Tracy. I'm from the Armstrong County Community. Hi, Tracy. Sorry if you hear my kids yelling in the background. Um, It's almost nap time. No problem. We're there with you. Um, So we do typically, we send volunteers to go to present these awards at the award ceremonies that the schools are holding. Um, And since we're not Mm -hmm. going to be able to do that this year, we have decided... um, Amongst those volunteers, there are quite a few scholarships that are memorial scholarships. And so there's there's a story, there's history, there's they're very near and dear to people's hearts. Yeah. Like to share that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and so no problem. If they're not going to be able to do that this year. We decided to invite them to um, write a little letter to the recipient to explain to them. You know, this is this is why we are giving this scholarship. This is why it's special to us. Um, just to kind of have that personal touch brought back into it since they won't be able to physically present it to them. And then we'll send that with their award certificate in the mail. That's fantastic. I love that. I think that's another just like great way to um, kind of remind everyone of the good things that are happening in the community and just making sure that that whole story gets told. I think that's just wonderful. Thanks for sharing, Tracy. Thank you. Linda Gebhardt from Community Foundation of Southern Wisconsin. Hi. One thing that our our local paper does every year is they have a whole section in Monroe, Wisconsin. um, They have a whole pullout section that's nothing but the senior pictures and everything. So I'm hoping that's going to still continue. Um, And something else, I love the thing with the signs in the yard. I've been seeing on Facebook is there's a local photographer that even if they didn't, even if she didn't take your senior picture, you send her one, she will make a banner with, you know, senior 2020. And I've been seeing them in houses and in windows around town. Oh, that's so neat. So they're just trying to honor the seniors. Great special way. Yeah, so they've got a great big, and one, 
Yeah, and I saw one town, they've actually put the kids on banners and hung them on their street lights, you know, down through Main Street. So everybody's really feeling bad for this year's seniors, I think, and really want to honor them. So I think there's just yeah. so many special things that you can do. Yeah. But it's, it's a Absolutely. tough year. Thank you. It is a tough year. And I think, uh, you know, that so much of what um, the conversation our community kind of started out with is that this is a, a very different year for students. Um, than we've ever seen before. And it means that we have to rethink how we do our work and what what our job is as scholarship providers and how we can help support students, um, maybe differently, maybe more than we have in the past. So just kind of lining up your resources and understanding what you, what you can do for these kids. Um, one of the things that you kind of could be doing, and I'm, I'm not totally moving on from the topic, I still want to hear from you regardless of whatever you want to say today, we definitely want to hear it, but I do want to bring in just a little bit this idea that there are some new timelines being worked with universities for fall, and um, those timelines will affect your students, they will affect you and the work that you do, um, and I saw in passing some universities talking about like, oh, we might not open up classes for fall, like that might be all um, online courses as well for fall. And that you can imagine might be even a, an additional letdown to these students who didn't get a graduation. And now they are also not getting a true like college experience that they were looking forward to. So um, really curious to know what you all are hearing, if you all are hearing from universities. Do you have good contacts at the universities that you um, provide scholarships to most often? And if not, uh, definitely I think we can learn from each other on where might be a good contact for you to reach out to to make sure that you are understanding what's happening at the universities that you partner with. Any hands raised? And remember, we're taking comments and questions on any topic right now around um, around these scholarship areas. Hey, hi everyone. Thanks for this great conversation. I love the coffee talks. Um, I just wanted to pipe up on behalf of the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. One thing that we did within the last few weeks is we typically work with about 50 colleges and universities. Um, that's where the vast majority of our thousand plus scholarships are concentrated and we put together just a really simple survey to all of our contacts mostly financial aid contacts um, at those 50 colleges and universities to ask them at this point what do what do they know about future planning for the college and university or university um, both students back on campus but also their staff teams back on campus um, you know, yeah. of course, it's a moving target, but that survey seemed to be, it, it just provided us with at least initial information on sort of what a number of them anticipate at this point in time, but just an idea. I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. And that's a really, so a really good you know, kind of point I want to make from that is you don't necessarily need to send some sort of survey like that to all of the universities that you have ever funded in order to get a good feel of what you have coming down the pipeline for your work. Um, you might just see who, um, who your 
um, sending scholarships to most often and send it to those universities. So if, you know, I have a local um, four-year university in my town, I know that our community foundation probably sends half of its scholarship dollars there because students are staying local. And even if they weren't, they, they might choose to do that this year, even if they, you know, hadn't originally planned to do that. So um, that would be the first place that I would want to know what their plan is. Now, if you don't have a good contact at a college or university yet, I strongly suggest that you um, reach out to their foundation. Because remember, as a scholarship provider, you are a donor um, in the eyes of that campus. And so the same way that you take care of your donors, that foundation is going to take care of you. So that it can be a really great place to get information and to get a response with, you know, maybe financial aid is very burdened or, you know, they're working at home and, and have their own, uh, their own struggles right now. So um, just something to think about. So thank you all very much for your time today in this great conversation. Um, thank you for the good work that you're doing, for how much you care for students and for donors and uh, making that connection uh, in our world. I think it's just so important right now. So thank you so much for joining us and thank you for your good work. Have a great day, everyone. So that was our conversation. There were so many ideas and so many new ideas because this is a new situation. We're gonna keep bringing you conversations like this following the coffee talks that we host online. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can look for announcements on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by following Foundant Technologies. And we wanna hear from you. Unlike a lot of podcasts out there, you can participate yourself by registering for one of our Coffee Talk webinars. You can register for a webinar or access additional resources by clicking on the links in the episode notes. So from everyone at Founded Technologies, thanks for listening. We hope you found it helpful, and we can't wait to connect with you again on our next Coffee Talk 